Welcome back to Detroit Rising. I'm Chad Livingood, senior reporter at Crane's Detroit Business. The uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, Golf Tournament, pro, pro Golf Tournament at the Detroit Golf Club, is just a couple weeks away, at June 25th to the 30th. It's a pretty major, pretty uh, big commitment by Quicken Loans to be sponsoring a pro golf tournament uh, in Detroit at the Detroit Golf Club, and and with that, it kind of highlights uh, what's going on in Detroit. And and so this week we're, we're featuring uh, the Arab American and Chaldean Council's uh, Detroit headquarters at John R. and, and Seven Mile, not just a couple of miles away from the golf club where there'll, there'll be you know, people coming by and passing through. And Quicken Loans has just recently made some support to the organization to try to improve uh, the, the uh, setting and the um, uh, streetscape of this uh, section of Seven Mile. To talk about this, uh, I'm joined by Fred Batea. Yes. And Kim Hassan, and they're with the Arab American and Chaldean Council, otherwise known as ACC. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you, Fred. Tell us a little bit about what uh, what ACC has been doing here uh, in this neighborhood, kind of to try to build a sort of an economic development plan, and a little bit of the history of of how long you've been here, and, and you have multiple buildings along this uh, along this section of Seven Mile Road. Yeah. Our CEO's vision, uh, Haifa, Dr. Haifa Fekouri, uh, ever since she started the organization in, in 1978, was always to be an integral part of the community and, and help uh, our community. And the Seven Mile area gave us a great opportunity for that. Uh, back in the 90s, we started making substantial investments uh, to revitalize the area. And really, one of Dr. Fekouri's main goals was to... Uh, economically revive the area uh, and we've started that process um, we have six buildings here now uh, one of them is our food pantry uh, where we provide food to 180 to 300 families on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month uh, forgotten harvest supplies us uh, with that food uh, another one is our uh, WIC programming and our substance abuse prevention programming uh, that we have, and then our behavioral health program, uh, which is uh, one of the largest serving this area. And Kim, uh, tell us a little bit about, so people don't know, I mean, I told you as I came in here, I've driven by this building several times and didn't realize this was ACC's Detroit building and, and that you all um, actually are involved in, in the um, um, you know, social services um, uh, business of sorts and, and with, with these facilities across the street. Uh, how long, and what's kind of the, uh, the history or what type of work do you do, you do here? Um, ACC is a human and social service agency, so as Fred mentioned, in 1978 we started as a small office in Detroit providing services predominantly to um, Middle Eastern immigrants, and then over the past 40 years uh, we've expanded services to serve everyone in need, um, and we you know, our doors are open to everyone, and we provide services such as primary care, uh, behavioral health, youth services, employment and training. Um, we are unique in the way that we're housed within the Department of Health and Human Services, um, and we provide uh, services to the caseworkers and the clients by providing translation, interpretation services. Um, we also do um, youth programming um, and specialize in um, refugee programs such as uh, initial health assessments, uh, ESL, citizenship, and a variety of other community outreach um, services. 
So, uh, Fred, how are you trying to, you, know, you have a, a, a base here of buildings, um, a, a well-maintained well section of Seven Mile. Um, how are you trying to uh, strategically use this as sort of an anchor to try to build out a, a commercial corridor that's, that's been kind of, uh, you know, decimated by abandonment over the years? Yeah. Um, you know, one of them is, uh, like the with the youth services uh, Kim had mentioned, uh, we've now given a destination for youth to come after school um, and what that what that's done is parents in the community now also take ownership so once you have a secure space that really helps people feel comfortable coming and we've seen that we've seen as people have become more comfortable and visited the area we've seen some businesses reopen uh, to help foster that we've uh, partnered before with Detroit City Makeover on streetscape and facade improvements. We're going to be doing some of that uh, with Quicken's help also before the uh, the golf outing. And most recently, we've actually started working with Samaritas on a housing project that should be about anywhere from 54 to 60 units. Uh, and it's going to be senior and family housing, uh, one, two, and three bedroom units that are going to be available. Now, yeah, we're taping this on June 3rd, just three weeks away, is that golf tournament. What type of work uh, is being kind of done uh, in the next couple of weeks to spruce up Seven Mile? There's going to be definitely a lot of fresh paint. Um, there's going to be some cleanup efforts. There's going to be some new landscaping, some new fencing, uh, things that are really going to help help improve the uh, the streetscape. And it's a four-year commitment, so every year after that, we're going to start concentrating on moving further and further back from the streets into the neighborhood and uh, doing whatever is going to help provide a nice, clean, and safe space. Uh, Kim, can you talk a little bit more about the um, uh, senior housing and, and, and family housing that's being developed? Because that's kind of the key here is you can't just try to build a, um, a, a commercial corridor without people and there's a lot still a lot of vacant uh, uh, neighborhoods that surround this area well exactly we're trying to repopulate the area you know we have the services here so people moving into the neighborhood will have access to food services behavioral health services youth services um, infant services through WIC and our behavioral health so it's it's a very beneficial area for them to move into um, so we're building the housing uh, which will also have some resident I'm sorry um, retail on the front street side um, so it's really you know creating a livable workable environment that's clean friendly and um, community supported through our organization and you know that's the idea is to bring them back bring back the housing bring back the people and then you have the business owners that will follow you know if you have a population of people then you're going to need services and um, businesses to support that it'll be enticing for them to come in and open their businesses is ACC the nonprofit organization? Are you all the investor in this in this housing project? Yes, and we're also partnering with Samaritas, uh, formerly known as Lutheran Social Services of Michigan. We um, they have a lot of experience in these type of projects. So, and we also have a, a number of partnerships with them through our social service side as well. So, we've partnered with them to get this project going. We also have a task force that includes about fifty other. Uh, community stakeholders uh, that meet quarterly that will also be involved in this process as we move forward. So it's really a community effort and uh, you know our main goal is to 
create something barrier-free and, and walkable uh, for everyone in the area, which is why we've really focused on a campus-style setting. What's the, um, for people who don't know, what's the Arab American population like in this sort of general vicinity of the north side of Detroit or Highland Park? It, it used to be heavily populated uh, by Arab and Chaldean Americans. Uh, over the years, they've kind of moved on to surrounding areas, but this is still a hub. This is still where everyone started, and there are still restaurants on this corridor that people still visit from Shelby Township and Macomb Township and wherever else they've now moved on to. Um, and that's our goal is to keep this as a cultural destination, much like Greek town uh, or Mexican town in Southwest, since it still has that draw. You all moved here in the late 90s. I assume there was a pretty good um, uh, immigration at that time. Uh, of Chaldeans and Arab Americans? There was. There, I mean, ever since really the, the 50s and 60s, there was a really strong population because the auto industry kind of drew everyone in. Yeah. Um, so everyone settled here where they're familiar and where it's close to work, and a lot of them started purchasing businesses. So um, there was always a heavy population. In the 90s, there was still, I would say, about 70% of our clientele were Arab and Chaldean Americans, and now we've moved more mainstream. We've kind of seen that shift, but we still service about, I would say, a good 30 to 40 percent. You mentioned Motor City Match has uh, been helpful in some of the street, some of the uh, businesses getting off the ground or expanding. I mean, what kind of other uh, approaches do you think the city needs to take to to this type of neighborhood? Because this is this is what you're doing is kind of your your own. Uh, mission-driven, organic approach. This is not one of the neighborhoods that's been sort of, you know, picked by the city uh, as the, as the um, you know strategic investment, the strategic neighborhood fund uh, areas. I think that we're a good tie-in, though. If you you know go a mile, you know, over to Eight Mile, you have the Eight Mile corridor with a lot of new um, development there, and then you know, seventy-five is not far, and then you have the university just up the road, McNichols. Um, you know, it's it's an area that isn't on the target, but I think would have a big impact if the population were to, you know, come back and build up. You know, there's a lot of room for growth in this area, which I think is a great opportunity for our organization and for those looking for new places to live. Yeah, just to echo what Kim was saying, this area really ties in everything that's been happening. So you have all the development further down Woodward. You have all the development towards U of D further up 7 Mile. You have the 8 Mile project, which is still just seems like ever expanding. And this just really creates a hub for all of that expansion. And we just kind of complete the picture. Um, the city's been very helpful. Uh, but really constant helping and focusing on the neighborhoods and on focusing bringing people back, I think right now would be, you know, the number one thing that could really drive uh, commercial development is you need people living in this area again. So, you know, with hopefully with some of the city's support, you could we could build that housing that this area needs. 
one of the things we talk about a lot with people focus on neighborhood redevelopment in Detroit is is the schools. Uh, the school is a foundational uh, institution that brings families, uh, obviously. And what's the what's the school situation like around here? Uh, or what what do you hear from from your members or or the residents about what they're getting or not getting? So actually, we've been lucky enough to keep. Uh, Greenfield Union, which is a DPS school. It's not a charter school. It's a Detroit public school. It's uh, K through 8, and the school's open and functioning, and they were able to survive all the cuts. Uh, And it's a a great school with a newer uh, elementary school building uh, attached to an existing uh, middle school building. Mm -hmm. And we just add, you know, it's a school that has uh, diverse teaching staff. They have... um, African-American teachers, Chaldean-speaking teachers, Arabic-speaking teachers, which is definitely a benefit. So people moving into the area, whether new Americans or people who have been here for years, it offers a great diversity for them. Um, And we work together with them on a lot of projects. So there's that added benefit for resources for the families that are in that school. Um, We do a lot of projects with them, a lot of community service. And then, of course, they're within walking distance of our youth center. So um, the kids come down here for summer and after-school programs. We, we really take a whole uh, a wraparound approach, um, even with the housing. With, there's a Penrose uh, housing project, which was about a 78-unit uh, build not too, not too many years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with our help, we've been able to make sure that people that move into a house stay in their house with, with our help of their supportive services. So the school, we end up providing the same services. We actually have an outreach person that's school-based, I think, a few days a week. So it it really helps to have a community partner uh, in the area. Well, any closing thoughts as you guys are getting ready for uh, this big uh, spruce up along the corridor and uh, with the uh, traffic, I imagine you're going to get off of 75 with people going to to the golf club? Oh. Yeah, we're just we're excited for it. Um, that's our. We're actually starting cleanup on the sixth and the seventh. Uh, they're going to be using our facility as a hub, so that way they have restrooms available and a cool place to stop and grab lunch and uh, whatever else they may need. So that's starting on the sixth and the seventh. Uh, I think they're shooting for anywhere from 100 to 150 volunteers uh, to start that project. So it's just exciting. We'll definitely be checking up and see see the progress in the years to come. Uh, thank you, uh, Kim Hassan and, and Fred uh, Batea from uh, the Arab American and Chaldean Council at the Detroit campus. Thank you. I'm Chad Livingood, senior reporter of Korean Detroit Business. You've been listening to Detroit Rising.